women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Good morning, Shabbat. So happy to be with everyone. It's so exciting, actually, to pause during this time of unique isolation, where we're not really isolated at all, to realize how interconnected we all really are. And thanks to everybody for the messages that we get to say they heard us on the radio. It really makes us feel that not just that we're not alone, but we're never alone. Everything we send out, comes back to us. The days are getting shorter. It's Friday. It's Friday again. In a way, it feels like it was just Friday the other day, but the weeks are long. There isn't that Sunday and then a five-day week. We have real six-plus-day weeks. We have extra time. Shabbos comes in at 5.15 today. And let's look, not just at the general time, but the unique time that we find ourselves in right now. We are in a very special time. First of all, it's Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. Second of all, we're closer to Mashiach than we've ever been. Third of all, we're going to welcome Shabbos earlier than we've welcomed it since last year this time. Fourth of all, today we are in the middle and more than halfway in the counting of the Omer, which brings us closer to the receiving of the Torah at Shavuot, which we're going to do all over again as the Lubavitch Rebbe kept on pointing out, it's not an historical event or just an historical event. It happens every year again. And I have to ask myself, am I preparing? Am I getting ready for God to reveal himself and say, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt? These are days of counting toward a goal. In addition to all that, Today is Pesach Sheni, an incredible festival. Yes, we can use the word minor, but it's a biblical festival. Today is a special day. In addition to all that, we continue to self-quarantine. We continue to be in a lockdown. None of this is by accident. Everything designed by Hashem. So we want to examine what's in it for us. What's this Pesach Sheni? We had Pesach exactly a month ago. Would you believe? Today is the second Pesach. What's that? What is this counting? Does it have any spiritual significance for me? In addition to that, please God, Monday night and Tuesday will be the 33rd day of this counting. The counting is called the counting of the Omer. And Monday night and Tuesday will be Lagba Omer. What is that? And what does that come to teach us? And mostly, what are we meant to be doing now? 
given the times, and given the special energy of all of these unique moments. We really and truly are in a special time. And let's use the next hour to explore and to come away with something that we can actually take into the week. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm back with you. And in addition to all that, of what the government is doing, and what DISCHEM is doing, and what Chai FM is doing, we have to look at ourselves and say, what am I doing during this time? It's not just about what's being done for me, but what am I doing for myself, for my family, for the world? And of course, we know that with homeschooling, the home is not the same. Moms are drowning. Moms are heroes. Teachers are heroes. It's an incredible, incredible time when we literally cannot rest. We rest quickly in order to put our energies again into everything that's waiting for us because the times are different and Hashem has provided us with an incredible, incredible opportunity personally and as a world to change. And what we want to speak about today is how. What are the baby steps that will enable us to actually come out of this having reached meaningful goals? So let's talk a little bit about what is Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni, the second Pesach. Well, we know a bit about the first Pesach. What happened there? Well, we cleaned. We had two storin, two seders. And we commemorated the first Pesach. What happened then? We were enslaved. We had incredible miracles. And eventually, we actually ran away from Egypt. We were so enmeshed in that society that at that point, there was such a strong pull to stay there that the only way we could leave was to leave right then and there. Because had we remained in Egypt any longer, we, God forbid, would never have left. And so it is very often in our lives that we have to take the moment. When a moment presents itself, this is an opportunity for change. We've tried to live with a situation We've tried to implement change in a situation, but it's too hard. And it's a matter of saying, that's over. I'm not going to change it more than I can, but I will move on. For example, you're dealing with a difficult child. Well, all children are, are wonderful, but the situation is difficult. And we might keep on trying to flog that horse talk about it, interact, analyze. There comes a point where we have to let go and just leave things for a bit, move on. We're not going to change it. Only the person themselves can change it. Our job is to step away. 
We have so many opportunities in life where we can really change things. We have to begin to recognize which things we need to leave behind. So what's Pesach Shani? If the first Pesach teaches us, amongst other things, to leave Mitzrayim, to leave the restrictions, and just move forward. There are things about ourselves, for example, that we struggle with, but we're chasing our tails. We're wasting time. We've got to move on. We've got to do some action, which will show that we've moved forward instead of constantly grappling with something which cannot be dealt with head on. That's not very often the advice that you hear. But especially during these times, we've got to know which things we can change and which things we just need to leave alone. What's the Pesach Sheni? The time we find ourselves now. The times we find ourselves in are times of growth. We're counting the Oimer. We're in the middle of counting, and the word usfartem, and you shall count, shares a root with the word evan sapir, a sapphire. This kind of counting connotes polishing. I am working on myself, step by step. There's no running away. I take one week at a time. I take one day at a time. And every day... And every week has a different energy, a different opportunity. It's not just, oh, it's Friday again. Oh, it's going to be Sunday again. And I'm still in the same situation. Instead, Hashem gives us an opportunity to have a new week. The first week was the week of chesed, loving kindness. And we were bidden to examine, break it down on a daily basis. What is our kindness or our giving all about? Is it tempered with discipline? Are there times when we forgive? Are there times when we can blend the loving kindness with the justice and still come out giving a second chance, giving another opportunity? These are times when we need to blend our loving kindness with fortitude, Not, I did it already, I'm going to do it again and again and again until a difference is made. It's about the long haul and polishing the facets of ourselves. We have many facets. We have many aspects. And it takes a lifetime to become more refined. Hashem gives us great raw material. A baby is born full of potential. We need to wake up in the morning and see ourselves as brand new, as we spoke the other week. Wake up and say the modah ani with gratitude. But the work begins. And it begins in a moment, in an opportunity. We have incredible, incredible minutes in the day when we can seize the opportunity to implement the kindness, the kind word. Let's be in for the long haul. And to do it with humility. And to do it with bonding, with connection, 
not remote control, and with words of kindness. And that's only the first week. And it's seven times seven, blending, 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 and balancing. So here we are at Pesach Sheni during the time when we have been working at ourselves, polishing, counting. And that means that we focus on one thing at a time and we are able to hold everything together. What does that mean? That means that in Egypt we had to run away because the negative was too overwhelming. And had we not left, it would have destroyed us. We would have become absorbed into the Egyptian culture. Whereas now, every day, beginning from the day we left Egypt, we've been counting or working on ourselves, polishing ourselves, focusing on one aspect of our personality, our emotional makeup, and we don't fall apart knowing that there are still things to work on. And therefore, Pesach Sheni, the custom is, we have some matzah today, but we have chometz. We have bread in the house at the same time. Yes, there's still bread. There's still leaven. There's still arrogance. There's still things that are not perfect. But I am focusing on polishing one aspect. And that is getting my full laser beam focus. It's the only way I'm going to be able to polish one facet is by not looking at what's missing, not looking at the negative, but working on one thing at a time. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, and we're speaking about Pesach Sheni, where we still have chomets in the house, but we eat some matzah. And that comes in the middle of the second month. Pesach Sheni, in the second month of Iyar, where we're on a journey. And in order to be successful on a journey, you have to take one step at a time. You have to deal with one situation at a time. We're finding that very much now. The most we can do is deal with one day at a time. And the days are full, demanding. We've got to make sure that we have food, that the kids eat, that they sit in front of their devices and attend class, that we reach out to each other, that we prepare the next meal. It's very home-based. Let's not forget about family. Let's not forget about those who are sitting in a lonely place. So much going on. And the opportunities are endless. But as we are polishing ourselves and remembering that we can't do everything at once, so there's still chomets, but we mustn't let our mood drop and say it's impossible, we'll never get out of this, I'll never grow, look where I am, I'm already 90 years old and I'm still like this, Ein davar. We wake up in the morning, we say to Modani, we have a new day. This is the day something is going to improve because I am going to count or polish one aspect of my personality that's rough. We also have the Parsha this week of Emor. And the Parsha begins with the mitzvah of the older Kohanim teaching the younger Kohanim. 
and the name of the parsha Emor say. I say, just tell us, say it gently, soft speech. Don't say it harshly. And the word emor is used twice at the beginning of the parsha. So here we are. Let's begin with educating ourselves or refining ourselves. And let's do it gently. There's a child within me. That child doesn't need to be beat up. That child needs to be spoken to gently and again and again. Because when we have a sense that we are cared for, when we have a sense that there's a kindness in our lives, Hashem loves us. We need to love ourselves. We need to realize our worth. If we weren't important, we wouldn't be here. If we're here, we complete all of creation. And the work is in exactly where Hashem has put us right now, on our own, living with someone, whether a spouse or a friend, with children, with family, with parents, whether we are doing it face-to-face or more long distance, the work is there. And we within ourselves, we have to start with being gentle on ourselves. Emor Marta. Speak gently to yourself. That's the only way you will educate yourself or change yourself. With anger, with negativity, with criticism, nobody changes. Nobody. That's like putting a Band-Aid on a festering sore. That's like pretending. That's like leaving Egypt. But really, Egypt comes out with you. Here we are staying at home during the counting of the Omer. That's divine providence. What an opportunity to stay at home, polish ourselves, do it gently, and polish with gentleness whoever you want to influence. We've got to mold through example. You know, we are a result of nature and nurture. The homes we are in provided us basically with an example of how to be. And now that we're not in the world and we're not being so influenced by sports heroes and movie stars and the people that we see in the mall and what's her lipstick like, there's no lipstick, there's a face mask. What's her makeup like? Who cares? Oh, what a gorgeous outfit she has. Come on. Everything is actually now in a different type of balance. What's important is home. Okay, so you're still wearing your pajamas. What's important is the lives that you can touch, that Hashem brings into your space. And what happened with Pesach Sheni? There was a group of Jews who were not able to bring the Paschal sacrifice in the first year after they left Egypt. Now imagine the first anniversary of leaving Mitzrayim. What a great day. Everybody wanted to celebrate. And they celebrated by bringing the Paschal lamb. And of course, We don't have experience in these things. We can't begin to imagine the spiritual heights that one reaches when one does a mitzvah. And 
here it is, particularly a mitzvah that has to be done on a particular day, at a certain time of day, in a particular way, and they were excluded. <coughs> they came to Moshe. And they said, why should we be excluded? We too want the spiritual benefits and and highs and attainments that this mitzvah can offer. Why were they not able to bring the carbon Pesach? Our rabbis in the Gemara discuss it, whether they were the ones who were carrying the coffins of Joseph and his brothers that had been sunk to the bottom of the Nile when they had passed away. And of course, when the final son of Jacob passed away, when Levi, Levi passed away at the age of one. 137, that's when the enslavement began. But the 12 tribes, the fathers of the 12 tribes, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, etc., down to Yosef, Joseph, the viceroy of Egypt, Joseph, this incredible person who got the name Yosef Hatzadik, they all were with the Jewish people, as it were, during their exile in Egypt. And Joseph had made his children swear, and they had passed it on to their children that one day when God would take them out of Egypt, they would take his remains with them and bury them in the Holy Land. And when they left Egypt, sure enough, Moshe Rabbeinu organized that all these coffins came to the surface of the Nile. And there was a group of people who carried these coffins, these holy, holy remains for the 40 years in the desert. And this group of people came to Moshe and said, why should we be excluded? Because anyone who is busy and in contact with the opposite of life, they don't qualify at that point to bring the holy sacrifice, the holy offering. There's another opinion that these are the people who, on the day of inaugurating the temple, the tabernacle, they were the ones that Moshe instructed to remove the lifeless bodies of the two sons of Aaron who had come too close to the holiness. Whatever it is, they were involved in something so positive. They were doing the great mitzvah of looking after the departed, and nevertheless, that disqualified them from bringing the great Paschal sacrifice on that first anniversary. And they said to Moshe, Lomani Gora, why should we be excluded? And Moshe asked Hashem, and a new festival was instituted because they asked for it. And the festival is that a month later, they would be able to bring the Paschal sacrifice on Pesach Sheni. As Hashem said, whoever was far or not in a state of spiritual sensitivity or tahara at the time of the first Pesach can bring it a month later. And the truth is that the message is, as our holy rebbes have told us, Snitokin for Falm. It's never too late. In our times, we know that there are things that we can't fix and we need to exhaust every avenue. 
And then we need to say, I'm going to leave it. But there are other things that we get a second chance. And today is that day of great encouragement to tell us it's never too late. Yes, we are imperfect. Our children are human beings, so they're imperfect. People are imperfect. People cannot be fixed by someone else. So while we're thinking that it's never too late, let's begin with ourselves and refocus on ourselves and the things about ourselves that we've tried to fix, but they're still there. And the people around us, the people we care about, the people who've hurt us, the people who don't hear us. And let's realize Hashem gives second chances. He always does. Let's not say, here I am at 98 years old. What well, I'm going to change now? We can change ourselves. Nobody can change us. It's work. It's the counting of the Omer. We must leave Egypt sometimes, leave the negative behind so that we can uplift ourselves out of the difficulty. Because once we leave Egypt, it gives us momentum to count the Omer, to work on ourselves. We've got to make sure that we leave Egypt. We've got to run away from those negative things. And remember, you can't pull somebody else out of Egypt. But we must do all we can to be a good example. And there's nothing like example to uplift. There's nothing like example to inspire. Let's count. It's ER. Let's educate our inner child gently with patience, with love. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't put yourself down, but don't give up. With perseverance and more via Marta, educating ourselves, polishing ourselves. We come to what Rashi says, to instruct, to warn the elders that they must deal with the younger. We cannot leave kids to their own devices. Excuse the pun. We desperately need to exercise our leadership skills, our parenting skills, our God-given abilities to change the world. And you begin by changing yourself. And the word lahaz here is not just to warn, but to shine up from the word zohar. That when we're involved in gently educating our children and our inner child and those around us who maybe behave like children, but we treat them gently, amazing things happen. Not only do we merit to shine them up and have shining children, but we refine or shine ourselves as well. It's an amazing thing. Each one of us is a precious gem. Each one of us is the child of Hashem. Lagba Omer will be this Tuesday. And in 1967, just weeks before the Six-Day War, in his address to the parade, he became aware that the Rebbe wasn't speaking to the children. He was speaking to the world. And he was saying, don't be afraid. 
although our neighbors were preparing for a big war to, God forbid, annihilate us, the Rebbe was preparing another weapon. And that's when he came out with the first of his ten Torah campaigns called Mitzvah, the campaign of the Mitzvah of Tefillin. He said, these are weapons. Jewish people have mitzvahs that are armor, that are shields, that are spiritual protection. And that was on Lagba Omer in 1967. And from there began the big mitzvah campaign where these mobile units, these trailers, what we called the mitzvah tanks, would be parked in the middle of Manhattan and Yan Hasidim, older Hasidim, holding tefillin in their hands, would go up to people and say, excuse me, are you Jewish? And in this world today, we know that people say, leave me alone. Mind your own business. Don't mind my business. Why was the Rebbe encouraging this? Go to the malls. Go to the hospitals. Get out there. Are you Jewish? Because the Rebbe taught that each one of us is precious and the mitzvahs are precious. And if you find something that belongs to someone, you have to try and return it to them. If we have certain power, if we have certain treasures, why should we not use them? Wear them, be protected by them, live in them, be glorified by them. So really the people with the film in their hands were saying, I found something that belongs to you. And out of great love, I want to give it back to you. And we have that obligation, that responsibility, that incredible, incredible privilege, even during lockdown. We... When we know something, we've studied a bit of Torah, we know about a mitzvah. It enriches us so much. We must reach out to a fellow Jew, phone someone and say, we're lighting candles tonight by 5.15. Say to someone, we're saying to Hilim now, for the child in Eretz Yisrael that needs to be found. For the father in Eretz Yisrael who's struggling for his life. For the mother in Australia, in New York, everywhere, it's one world now. And our prayers are powerful. We have the tools. A coin into the Tzedakah box. <clears throat> and over the next few years, the Rebbe focused on ten mitzvahs. They are things that are easy to do, some a little more. Um, in depth, but to put a coin in the tzedakah box, do we realize that when that coin drops into the box, it reverberates throughout the worlds and in heaven. And what we've done is we've opened a channel for blessing for ourselves. We don't realize the power of sharing. And of course, to remember that in these days when people are not working, when many means of a livelihood have actually been turned off. We have the incredible opportunity to put coins, to reach out, 
my 180 rand can mean a difference for, for a dinner, for a family. Let's think of the other. These are the days before Mashiach when one act can actually clearly not only change ourselves, our families, our world, but the entire world. And so beginning in 1967 with the mitzvah campaign of Tefillin, it went on to lighting Shabbos candles, to displaying holy Jewish books in your home. Is that hard? Take out that sidur, that chumash, that tehillim. Don't keep it in a drawer, said the Rebbe. Be proud. This is Jewish pride. This is a Jewish home. Mezuzah. What about studying some Torah daily? We have so many wonderful websites. It's so easy. And vishinantam levanecha, teaching your children by example and teaching them practically what does it mean to say the Modani, to say the Shema. The world is still shaking. Let's not get used to it. You know, some of it you kind of get stuck in, you get used to. Yes, people are recovering. But we need to realize that the negativity is still roaming around in the streets, causing depression, loss, a child missing in Israel. What can I do? Let's bring our own world into balance. We have a second chance. Let's bring balance to all of creation. This is an amazing time. The truth is every single day is an amazing time. Let's focus on a goal. Let's focus on a goal. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm delighted to be with you at this special time. A time of gentle education, Parshas Emor. A time of second chances, Pesach Shani. A time of polishing the counting of the Omer, a time of growth, incredible opportunity, because by divine providence, we're stuck. And we're stuck with the exact people with whom we need to do the work. doesn't mean we can't get support, but the work is clear. We need to reach out, we need to reach in. We need to understand that these times are here for our benefit with love. We do want to get out of these times. We're in pain for those who are suffering. But we're not just sitting in pain. We want to do something about it. A coin into the tzedakah box. To improve our kashrut. To say a psalm of tehillim. All of this creates light. And when the light accumulates enough... God's holding on to each one of these mitzvahs, these treasures, the tears, the light. And our sages tell us that when the light is big enough, it will burst forth and bathe the entire world in the light of the future, the light of Mashiach, which literally is upon us. The world is shaking. Let's have a look at this, one of the stories of Lagva Omer. Rabbi Akiva had restored the glory of Torah 
to the Jewish people. And 24,000 students were learning under him. Last week we said, we mentioned that the mitzvah of loving your fellow as yourself, the Ahaftalarecha Kamoicha, well, Rabbi Akiva said about that, that that is the basis. That's the big rule in Torah. Torah is about love. Torah is about loving your fellow as yourself. Something negative happened from the seeming positive. Sometimes you're trying to do something toward a good goal, but it's missing an ingredient and the whole thing crashes. Rabbi Akiva's 24,000 students each had a different approach, a personal approach to their divine service. Unfortunately, each one wanted the others to accept their way. They didn't make room, the possibility that the others might be serving God in their way. And there are different ways to approach Hashem. And during this time, because they didn't have the kind of Ahavat Yisrael, the kind of expected of the students of Rabbi Akiva, they passed away. It was a big plague. And each day during this time, many, many of them left the world doesn't mean they were bad people. It means that their work in this world was finished. Because they did not respect each other enough, make space for the differences. They wanted to impose their way on the other. They felt their way is the only way. On the 33rd day of the Omer, they stopped dying. It became a day of great rejoicing. What lesson can we take of, from all of this as we are in our homes? Obviously, we want the best for our family. As Rabbi Akiva's students wanted the best for their fellow. But they felt their way was the only way. We are here in this world to interact with the people that Hashem brings into our space. But it has to be done in a way of chesed, a way of loving kindness over and over again, compassion, forgiveness. We have to realize we are a part of God's world. But our opinion is not necessarily the opinion. Obviously, Rabbi Akiva's way of looking at love was not the way these greats actually interpreted it. We're here to live and bring life, to give, to receive. The basis of the whole Torah is love, not harshness, love, acceptance. And when we do that, then things do begin to shift and change. We must respect each other. By divine providence, here we are with our nearest and dearest. Respect. And we know that just two weeks before he had 
the stroke in 1992, CNN came, and we've often said it on the show, and asked the Rebbe for his message about Mashiach. And you see the video where he's there with his microphone and got the lights on. And this was during a dollar's where the Rebbe was giving out dollars, and they came to ask the Rebbe his message to the world. And he said, I've already given my message, but if you want, I'll repeat it. The Mashiach is ready to come, he said. It is just for us on our part to do an addition in the realm of goodness and kindness. And when the journalist said to the Rebbe, you mean with an addition of goodness and kindness, the Mashiach would come? And the Rebbe answered those classical words, just a little, and he would come immediately. So we need to know. We need to look. What is the goodness and kindness that I need to do in the current situation in which I find myself? And we've got to focus on that goal. And we've got to know that it's going to be hard. Because when we're doing something that's genuinely meaningful to change ourselves or change the world, when it's really the mission for the moment, it's going to look impossible. It's going to look hard. It's going to look so difficult. But we must focus on the goal. We must know that the job of the Yetzirah is to actually get us to not do that which is important, which is why sometimes he doesn't bother us at all. Sometimes he doesn't get in the way and we can do kindness and goodness, but those are not the areas, the essential areas that our soul is actually in this world for at this time. It's all about discipline. It's all about Eyeing the goal. The contribution of each one of us is essential. Let's focus on the goal. Let's play our part. Most importantly, let's remember that because of unwarranted hate, baseless hate, the temple was destroyed. And our unconditional giving and love and acceptance, where it's hardest, is going to build the base Hamikdash. Those donations that come from our essence are eternal. They're the building bricks. They're the building blocks that will complete the third temple, which we're told is already in heaven, waiting to come down. It just needs a little bit more. Yes, where we've tried and we've tried for years, let's do it differently this time. Let's do it with acceptance, appreciation. Realize that the other is not us. Let's not try and force them to change, but just love them for who they are. Through love and acceptance, which means changing ourselves, amazing changes do take place. We may not see them right away, but ultimately we will come to the ultimate change, the era of light and joy with Mashiach. So just as we spoke in an earlier show about the Rebbe's favorite prayer, which was the Modani, to wake up in the morning 
and to realize that God has given us another day with so many opportunities to be kind. Let's remember that this is a time of introspection. We're locked into our homes, which means we are locked. We are protected. We have walls around us at this time. Let's use this time to introspect even for 10 seconds a day. As the morning begins with gratitude, we turn to Hashem and say, thank you for another chance. This is my Pesach Sheni every single day. And then before we go to bed at night, let's say the Shema. And when we say the nighttime Shema, Let's review the day. Let's say, this is what I'm proud of. This is what I achieved. And go to bed with a goal for tomorrow. Today, I didn't do that thing that well. But please, God, if you give me another day, and we're still in lockdown, and I still have the same circumstances, I'm really determined. And I'm saying the Shema, and I'm praying to you. To help me, Hashem, because I want to make a difference. I want to change. I want to help the world to change. I am keen to really, really make a difference. Let's remember that most things are in God's hands. But let's use the things that we do have the power to change, like ourselves, our attitude. Let's reach out for support if we need it. And may we wake up tomorrow morning saying, thank you for a new day. When we go to bed tonight, may we be able to say, Baruch Hashem, I was able to get on top of that. And before long, we will actually see the change in the entire world. In honor of the second Pesach, in honor of Lagba Omer, Reach out to someone and offer them something which is really theirs that you have found. And that's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to do it, a mitzvah of loving your fellow. And it's a mitzvah that you found or discovered that belongs to every Jew. Let's phone them. Let's tell them that we found it. Shabbos, and please God, by next week, may we celebrate the ultimate Shabbos. Zeit gesund.